0: Episode 11. Uh, This is Chad Minton, your host, along with uh, co hosts Rich Howe and Colin Brewin. First thing we got to get into uh, for the episode is DraftKings. We uh, encourage everyone to go to DraftKings now that uh, sports betting is legal in Tennessee and many other states around the country. And with DraftKings, we've got a big UFC fight coming up. Conor McGregor is returning to the octagon. So there's an awesome thing going. Download the the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $257 if McGregor wins by first-round knockout this weekend. Place your bet and watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code THPN. For new players to get $257 if McGregor wins by first round knockout this weekend for a limited time only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania. Restrictions apply. See draftkings.com Sportsbook for details and gambling problems. Call 1 800 Gambler or in Indiana 1 800 9 with it if you have a gambling problem. So, yeah. Uh, draftkings.com awesome to get out there and have a little fun with the sports betting, hockey, any other sports you watch. It's always fun to get in there with sports betting so DraftKings got uh, check out the DraftKings sportsbook app for that. And with that said, it's episode 11. We have a lot of reaction tonight to the uh, to the preds as they since last time we saw you guys, it was uh the preds have played two games. They just got done playing against the Carolina Hurricanes. It just took a tough loss. They also beat the Columbus Blue Jackets on Saturday night. Uh, two very different opponents. Uh, Rich and Colin. Uh, Rich, how are you doing? How'd you? Uh, how'd you watch the game tonight, man?
1: From the comfort of the couch. Um, yeah, both nights. Just two different games, but you know, we didn't get this one. But they will play again tomorrow night, and I think they're going to exact their revenge.
2: Yeah, I, I uh, did the same from the couch, uh, streaming the games up here in Cincinnati. So I had to kind of finagle a little bit, but was able to get to see all the games so far. Um, I agree with Rich. It's, it's. I think the, the, this team is tenacious and hungry, and we'll kind of get into that in a little bit. But uh, I'm excited to see them play them again, turn around tomorrow night, uh, and hopefully get some revenge, especially with uh, Juicy and Gold for us. But it's going to be fun.
0: Yeah. So, uh, the Preds, uh, they've got this new defensive uh, style of play, and we've seen it in all three games uh, so far. Uh, t- like I said, play two very different opponents in Columbus and Carolina. Uh, let's start with, uh, the, start with the good. Let's start with the positive. So, uh, they, they won their season opener against Columbus, uh, and then on Saturday night they turned around and kind of put together the same defensive game plan, and once again with UC Soros and net, and once again – Got another win to open that two game sweep. So, uh, Colin, kind of, what were your some of your observations from the Saturday night win against Columbus to go to two zero?
2: Yeah, Saturday night, I think it was very much a Ben and but don't break style up until the third period. Uh, they really they played well. There was some you know some there's still some rusty moments. I think we saw it in tonight's week too. But I think they're they're shaking the rust off. I will say the standout to me has so far been our third defensive pairing of uh, Benning and. it's been awesome to not have to worry about when that third pairing uh, defensively is on the ice. Um, Because the last few years, it's kind of been like, our top two pairings are solid. And then that next, that third pairing gets on there, and you're like, I don't know about it. But what stood out to me, especially in uh, Saturday's game and a little bit tonight's game, is that because that third pairing is doing well, it's taking some time away from the first and second pairing, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. If you can stick them out there and rest up the top two pairings a little bit, it does really well. But, um, you know, we, we opened it up in the third and then we never looked back. And it, it's uh, especially on Saturday night, Forsberg just continues his tear and he did that into tonight as well. But uh, man, it's that, that third pairing and for, the play at Forsberg right now are incredible.
1: I would totally agree with that. But the, I think the saving grace for Saturday night was uh, Soros. I think he had a really good game. He had a lot of good stops. He, you know, uh, the Predators turned the puck over a few times and he made some good stops. He also got, some puck luck. I know that one that rolled across the, right across the line. And, you know, last year that probably would have rolled in for them. It would have, but you know, this time, you know, it, it didn't. So that was, that was obviously good. And then we saw Ellis make a dive and save and Ekholm got in front mm-hmm. of the net. And then, you know, last year, if they would have been down, you know, one, two, the game would have been over, you know, it just gets in their heads and they,
2: didn't play well, but I think that team is is behind us, hopefully. I agree with that, especially like you look at all three games we played behind at one point or another, and it's never stopped the team from climbing back in and then, you know, eventually opening it up. I mean, obviously it didn't work out for us tonight, but there were some chances. I mean, tonight I think there, were some, there was a lot of issues, but there's some bad puck luck. There were some times that one shot, I think it was off of either uh, Duchesne or, or Johansson that just it rang off the top bar. And I'm like, how did that not go in? Because it bounces downward, and it looked like it was in, but they waved it off. And yeah, Haller think- too
1: had one hit the hit the bar and roll out. Yeah, yeah. And um,
0: so Sorrow, yeah, Sorrow's had a massive game in that this win on Saturday night. 42 saves on 44 shots. Um, you know, because the the season opener, he wasn't tested quite as much. It was more of a of a conservative effort, and it was just kind of like he made the saves when he had to, but it wasn't like anything crazy. Saturday night, he had to actually step up and and kind of save the team to a degree. And so that was the biggest takeaway for me in that game was uh, Soros with 42 saves. I mean, he, he's he's really trying to uh, claim that top spot for the Preds uh, as the starting goaltender. He He's up against a lot of pressure, let's be honest, guys.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, he stepped up to it. It's it's been solid play. The biggest thing is just making sure it's consistent, you know, from night to night. And uh, it looks like we're going to get to see him tomorrow night. So hopefully he'll get to apply it to this mm-hmm. game scene because we know they they just they jump on you so fast. If you give them the opportunity, they'll take advantage of it. And uh, I think the story tonight is high danger shots. It wasn't even Pekka's fault that we found mm-hmm. the situation we fell into, but he mm-hmm. faced you know upwards of ten. High danger shots—you can't do that. You can't leave the guy in that situation. Um, we're lucky the score is what it is because Pekka played a great game. Uh, but you know, Sarvis is also going to need to bring his A game because he's going to see these same offensive weapons uh, and these same guys that can really jump on a game pretty fast tomorrow night.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think yeah. another issue that they had tonight was um, seemed like the referees were making some weird calls. I don't know. After uh, Fabro drew that penalty, I know that. Um uh, Forsberg got tripped and they just they let that fly and then they kicked DeShane out of the out of the the circle after he won the face off and dropped I mean, the damn puck. I mean I, I know agree. right and then they did it they, and then they uh he tried to do it again when Holla was in there and they I don't know. It just it just doesn't make any sense. Like the, the calls just were not good in my yeah. opinion.
2: I agree with you. I mean it, it happened in Columbus too.
1: It was a
0: uh yeah, it was an end to end game. It was back and forth, which you kind of expect it from a team like Carolina. I mean, that's what they live off of. They they feast on you. They pounce on you quick. You can't give them any easy transition opportunities. And, unfortunately, the Preds, it wasn't that many times that happened. But a few times it did happen, and the few times they did slip up. You know, he has Shavet very hard name to say. He he burned them. He burned them for the first goal. And it was just – that's what the Canes do. That's why they're rated as the top two t- team in the division by most people right there with Tampa Bay. And that's why I have them picked as winning the division is because they could be having a horrible game. They can be like, you, you, can, think, you can think that uh, you got this figured out. And it kind of felt that way for, a, a, even when it was zero zero for a while and you're waiting for both teams to break through, I was like, the Preds have had this under control. Like, they're playing well. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're doing the same thing they did in the first two games against Columbus. And then all it takes is uh, is Carolina to just get one of their snipers, these snipers they have, to get loose and make a goaltender look bad. And that's kind of what they did to Pekka tonight. It wasn't that Pekka Rene played bad tonight, especially no. considering he hadn't played a game – he hadn't started a game, a game, a game, a real game in over 10 months. And that's what Carolina does. They make a goaltender that's playing well actually look bad on the stat sheet. And that's that is, what's gonna what's really gonna suck is there's gonna be people who didn't really watch the game. Maybe they're a casual fan, maybe they're on the uh, on that bus of Pekka needs to go, he's 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 over the hill, he's done. Why is he still on the team? And they're gonna look at that stat sheet. They're gonna look at that save save percentage, and they're gonna think they're gonna say, "See, I told you so. He, he's done. Why did you know? Why did we not go Soros again?" Like, and it's just not the case. Uh, Pekarene played very well tonight. He he led a couple goals in that were just really good shots from the other team, and just the product of a really good offensive team getting loose and getting open ice and making a good shot. That's how I yeah. feel about it.
2: I agree. And I mean, all you have to do is look at the high danger sh- uh, shots that he was facing. Uh, you know, UC wasn't facing those first two games. So the high danger situation doesn't help us out. There were some defensive breakdowns. Really, I think that the last all three games really there's kind of been a slow start to that first period. The The night that we get a, a quick start to the first period where we just get them right off the rip and we get them you know, from the jump and we can break out ahead. I think that's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun national players hockey because if we can play downhill, it's so much more It's enjoyable. I mean, granted we are the cardiac cats a lot of times so that happens but mm-hmm. um, you know, i think even tonight i think we picked it up faster in the second period but the second period they were generating some offense there was a lot of buzzing around you know just putting some shots in front of the net and seeing what happens and i think it does fall down to some puck luck there are some times where it's just like how does the puck not go in and it's going to go in eventually i think that if they keep doing that um good things will happen we know that for a fact but you know the third period we came on and we didn't we didn't give up and i think that it's kind of going back to what rich was saying you look at this team last year. If we go down, you know, 3 1 in the third period last year, it's over. It might be 4 1 by the night's over. We're not going to get another goal. We're not going to be in it. We stayed in it. And, you know, maybe that's due to some RB hustle. Finally, he lit the lamp. Uh, and maybe it's just due to the team mentality, but it's good to see that they didn't give up. They didn't quit on it till the very end. I mean, um, there was a last, with the last second, you know, play where Hala didn't get off, you know, get, didn't get back on sides. Uh, that was a little frustrating. And he's kind of, had me a little frustrated as a whole. I think Condon's probably one of the better ones on that line against uh, you know opposite side of Duchesne, but um, yeah, you know, the overall I think that this team has some tenacity and it kind of especially someone that buys it, Rocco Grimaldi tonight. I mean, he had a, a just a terrible mistake uh, defensively. He's not been playing the best, but as far as his offensive game goes, uh, that third period where he got he was rushing towards the net, fanned on the puck, and then fell down, and then he's the next guy to touch the puck. Like that guy falls down, hits the boards. Jumps back up immediately and gets another shot on goal. That's the kind of tenacity I think the fans want to see. That's what makes him such a special person at Smashville, is just that kind of grit that he shows. And, and we got to see that from the rest of the team because that's how we're going to win games. Especially if we got to climb back into it, we need that kind of tenacity.
1: Yeah, and I think it was good too, um, seeing Arvidsson. You know, he did finally get that goal, and it was a shot, man. I mean, it was like a cannon. And it was really good to see him, and especially since he was hurt earlier. Like, as soon as he fell and they took him back into the back, I was, I was thinking the worst. And, you know, it was that's uh, not good. We don't want to see any of them get hurt. And then, and, go ahead.
0: Well, I was just going to say that was a product of some tic-tac-toe pa- passing from Duchesne to Johansson to RV for that wide-open shot. I mean, that was – I'm not taking anything away from Arvidsson. That was a beautiful mm-hmm. shot perfect shot from Marvison, but that was team passing, right? That was setting up your zone time. That's setting up the play. Jo- we know Johansson is so outstanding at that. Mm-hmm. And he made yeah. the, he made the perfect setup, but you Shane started it. And so he, I'm pretty sure he got the secondary assist on that play. And so that kind of started the comeback. back. Uh, and this team has me feeling like even when they're down, two goals in the third period they can make a comeback i mean i felt that way at times last year too so i'm not overreacting through three games through this season but i think a lot of it has to do with the new players on the team i think they have a new just a new energy for this team that they need and so even in the loss tonight and it stings and it's never fun to lose uh my confidence level hasn't been shaken at all in this team and what they did for the first two games and what happened tonight. I think it's just a matter of you played against a good team. They can pounce on you quickly. You made a couple critical mistakes, and that's all it takes against good teams like the Carolina Hurricanes. That's all it takes is a couple mistakes, and they will make you pay.
1: Yeah, absolutely. i I always feel a little guilty because, like, these watching these first three games, I'm always – you know, they get down the goal or whatever, and I always think back to last year, and I'm like <laughs> – I got to stop doing that. I got to show more, you know, support for them and just trust in them because I'm just sitting there waiting for the shoe to drop. You know, it's like, oh, here we go. This is when it's going to start right now. But I really think, like you said, you know, they they don't quit. They they haven't quit. You know, we got the 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 defense is playing well. They're they're battling. They're um, the third defensive pairing is way better. Like we've talked about before, and just I I just think that you know, I need to have a little more confidence in him and just, I think they're going to, you know, they'll bounce back from this. Definitely.
2: We got to, we got to keep the handlebar mustache growing because we got Forsberg on a port. point streak. So that's good. Uh, it's kind of sad to see, you know, Cutton's point streak in, but uh, as far as, goal streak, I should say. And, but, you know, he still had a solid start to his season. Dushane has impressed me. I, I really, he was my biggest, like, you know, this was kind of, you know, I thought a show me season for him and, you know he hasn't he hasn't scored yet, but he's in every play. I mean he's created some chances. I gotta think Granny's going on that line. I think Granny's gonna replace Hala. Um, I kind of hope that's the case, uh, just because they played so well together the last year. But even mm-hmm. without Granny on there yet, is uh, playing like a man on fire. Like he he really is. You know showing some tenacity and uh, and kind of some more games. You know with the grit that we've seen uh, Rocco the showing it, you know, with that second line and creating some opportunities and some scoring chances. So he's only going to get better too. Uh, I think Joe Hanson, tonight was kind of more of a rusty game for him. I think he's still played, you know, better than he initially played last year. So uh, that improvement is still going to continue to be made. And that really just comes down to coaching. It's going to be, you know, what's that post game messaging that's going to come from a uh, John Hines and how are they going to respond tomorrow night? And we're going to find out really quick. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you're, you're, we're going to see Soros back in net uh, back first, back to back of the season. Uh, these two game sets are are crazy like it's got me like i've always been you know a huge nhl fan but i don't know if it's a product of just me being so like uh starved of hockey and all that stuff over the summer and you know only having the stanley cup qualifiers and then having to wait even longer but i mean i'm into like all these games all these two mm-hmm. game sets like I'm interested to see when how the other team responds when they lose the first one. Like it's just, it's like we gotta play that. We gotta get ready. We can get revenge really quick against Carolina in less than 24 hours. It's just, it's. I know this. This is just a product of the times we find ourselves in, but it's working out great. I think it's making it really interesting, really entertaining. Uh, it's like a quick turnaround. It's like you can't let off the let let your foot off the gas if you won. And if you lost, hey, you got less than twenty four hours to get redemption. So it's just, you know, we get we get Protasik less than twenty four hours from now, and they can get some redemption. If they play the way they play tonight, again tomorrow, I think they're going to get some bounces go their way. That puck luck we're talking about, I think some puck luck will go their way. And you get Soros in net. You just put that same game plan together, minimize some of the mistakes. Uh, that first period uh, passing was really really shaky. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were they were making some really really passes that kind of kept them from getting some scoring opportunities in that first period. And then you made it through that first period. and It was still zero zero. I think the Preds left some some possible goals on on the table in that first period where they could have maybe been the first team to score. But other than that, no reason to overreact to this loss or panic no. or get get too upset over it. You went up against a good team. Time to move on.
1: Yeah, um, we have to look. We have to think about too. You know, Carolina beat the Red Wings. It was like three nothing in their first game, and then they dropped the second one. You know that they were going to want some redemption for for losing to Detroit, and it was for you know, sure. Detroit, Detroit actually. handled them. Actually, handled them pretty well in that game. I watched the end of it. So we had to look at that. And then what you mentioned about the passing and leaving some scores on the table. That one shot that Yossi had going into the net, and he decided to pass it. I think he probably. Probably should have shot that. I don't know. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying I'm better than Yossi or anything, but, you
0: know. <laughs> What are you or, trying to say, not, Rich? What, what are you what trying I'm, to say?
1: I'm not, I'm not one of those guys who's like, what are you doing? You know, whatever. But I think we left one on the table there.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely been some self-inflicted wounds I think are kind of easy to kind of work out as we get the season going just because it's so early in the season. But there are some times where, like, the offense is buzzing in the offensive zone and we're getting some good passes and some good shots. And then a guy will, you know, bounce the puck out past the defenseman and it will go past the line and we'll have to to clear the zone and start all over again. And that just – it kills the momentum. And I think, like I said, it's just – it's early season. It's taking off some rust and getting some of that stuff figured out. I will say the one place where you know I'm still kind of a little bit you know questioning, a little bit nervous is our power play. Uh, it, it's got me the first line, the first unit looks pretty good. I mean, they're getting some opportunities. There are a couple of times for that first unit's out there where there's just some bounces in front of the net that they can go their way, and, and they just haven't yet. But I think they will. The second line has not generated nearly the opportunities, especially in front of the net. Um, they're not getting rebounds. They're not even really getting shots on the goal, and it, it really is kind of concerning to see that second line out there not producing in nearly the capacity that first that first unit is. So hopefully they get that figured out. On the flip side of that, penalty kill's pretty solid. I mean, you know, they, they put one in on us on us tonight on the penalty, but on the power play. But you know, overall I think the penalty kill has been pretty good uh, so far. So, you know, we'll see. There's a lot to build on. That's the thing about this is that um you know we have a season like this it's gonna shake out the way it is, get some quick, you know, chances to redeem ourselves a little bit and uh you know we we saw them once, now we get to see them again and Kind of apply the lessons learned, but it's it's fun to watch, especially right now, especially seeing the team grow. I think there's just a lot of potential. And beating Columbus, a team that was kind of you know right up there against you know with us as far as the rankings go, to beat them twice, it feels good. It makes me feel like we're in a good place, and we're going to continue to be in a good place. So, if we can win two and lose one and keep that going throughout the season, I think we'll be quite all right. Well, what takes
1: the sting off the loss too is the way they are playing. You know, they're hustling, they're getting out there, they're not giving up, and and that makes that makes the losses a little bit easier to swallow because last year and we keep going back to that but last year, you know, it would have been over and and we we know that and it was just when they give up and they don't play that that's what made those losses really hard to hard to take. So hopefully we're over that. So never said die. Yep. So with that,
0: let's get into some early season season surprises on the preds because I'm sure we all got some uh, players that are on the team that have kind of been a little bit of a surprise, pleasantly surprised, let's hope. And I'm going to get it started off with my biggest surprise, and it's definitely Luke Cunning, and just how quickly he has picked things up. He scored a goal each of the first two games against Columbus, and even in tonight's game against uh, Carolina, he was out there uh, putting hits. I remember one big hit he put towards the end of the game when the Preds were trying to get that equalizer uh, I'm really impressed by his physical nature. Like I love that. Like you want to yeah. like he's the t- he's like the do it all type of player. Like he's not going to go out there and match maybe what uh, Craig Smith uh, scoring pace did, or maybe even what Nick Benino did. Uh, Two guys we lost, but he is out there playing a very uh, all around style of game. And I've just I didn't know a lot about him when we made the draft day trade for him. I had to kind of do my research on him. And then when his contract uh, negotiations lingered into training camp, I I just had a really bad feeling about it. I was like, are we, is he even going to fit in on the fourth line? I was starting to feel like, and then the contract gets signed. He plays well in the scrimmages, scores a couple times, a couple times in the scrimmages. And then he scores uh, in the first two games against Columbus. And even tonight, even though he didn't score a goal, he did some good things out there. I mean, I'll be very interested interested to see some of his analytical numbers tonight. I feel like they're going to be pretty strong. I really feel like he had a really good game, even though he didn't uh, necessarily come through with a goal. And so he's my number one pred surprise for me uh, is Luke Cunning. Uh Rich, give me one of your big surprises.
1: Um, I would say that third pairing. It's not really much of a surprise, but I'm really impressed with the way they're playing. And like we talked about it before, we probably mentioned it already, but – it's good to see the third pair go out there and not make any mistakes. And they're they're working hard and they're they're getting the hits and they're playing well. And that's um, that's 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 probably the best thing to see besides Philip Forsberg scoring for every game. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Which isn't really a surprise.
2: Mm-mm. I agree. With the Forsberg that.
1: isn't. No, not at all.
2: One of the things I love, especially about that third pairing, is just. Barwieski is a goon. Like, I love watching him away from the puck because he he agitates. He, he's, he's chirping. He, he's picking on people away from the puck. And it's just good to see that guy out there. But also, he's not making mistakes. So I, I agree with you, Rich, on that one, um, that third pairing. For me, it's actually Nick Cousins. Uh, even from the scrimmages I saw early on, but I've seen in the games too where he's just in the right place at the right time. And he may not be the guy that gets the assist. He may not be the guy that gets the goal, but he's going to set up the play that can make that happen. And he, he's, you know, he's fast when he needs to be fast. He's smart when he needs to be smart, but uh, you know, he's just, he's he's there where we need him to be. And he's the player where we need him to be on that line. Um, I call it that, that utility line, that third line, but uh, I've really been impressed with him so far. I think he's only going to get better as the season goes too. So as soon as he uh, starts building even more chemistry with those guys.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely. Nick Cousins has been really has been a really good, uh, solid player for us. He's out there making things happen for sure. I'm going to go ahead and throw a Matthew Olivier in there as well, uh, just because he wasn't on anyone's radar to be in the be in the starting lineup, you know, over the off season at all, and he has just really made the most of this opportunity that uh, with the taxi squad and with the extra roster spots. And, and he just, you know, everyone's always thought of him as a really solid player for the Milwaukee Admirals. You know, unless there's a lot of injuries ahead of him, he's probably not going to be in the starting lineup very often. And he came out in the last game, not tonight's game. We have to wait to see the exact, all the numbers on tonight's game, but against the Canes, but in the Columbus game, the previous game when he got in the lineup, he had six hits. I mean, he's out there just Mm -hmm. a wrecking ball, just mowing people down and you love that for your fourth line players cuz i mean your fourth line players are the grit guys that are only going to get 10 to 12 minutes maybe 13 minutes of ice time but they're still j- just as important because those are the players that if they're liabilities and they're out there just making foolish mistakes then it doesn't matter what your top 6 is doing they could be out there having a great game but if your if your fourth line is a major liability and they're not out there playing a physical brand of hockey, then you're just going to get burned. You're going to leave your goaltender out to dry. So, Matthew Olivier, I hope he gets more opportunities. I know that means that Yakov-Trennan might not get opportunities, and we all love Yak Attack. We all love Trennan, but there's only so much room on the roster. So, uh, it's kind of like makes you think like, okay, I'm sure they're going to be interchangeable. I even thought that Yakov-Trennan would get in the game tonight against the Hurricanes, but it turns out they went with uh, Olivier. How did you feel about that, Colin? Did you think that they should have gone with a in this game and and, and seen what they have in him, or are you kind of cool with them sticking with uh, Olivier?
2: I think you ride the hot hand, uh, especially when you're saying you know with the style of play that he plays. I think it's very complimentary of Richardson too. I think you know the the physical game, the the smart hockey. I just think you know let the, the hot hand ride. It's not that like they don't see what they see in Trennan. You know, they're seeing him in practice, especially with the taxi squad. Uh, you know, they know what he looks like. They've been able to see him in different opportunities, but. It's just not there yet, and until Olivier, you know, makes a mistake or, you know, does something that you know proves that he shouldn't be there, I don't see why you should take him off necessarily in favor of Trenton. Eventually, you know, we're gonna have to see what we have, and you know, maybe we'll find out uh, if we're getting him, you know, down the road, and we gotta make some changes. Then that might not be one of those changes. But uh, until then, I'm happy with where it's at.
1: Yeah, I agree with Trenton. Over in the off season, you know, when we we thought we were actually gonna lose him, you know, they were he was talking about, they were showing pictures of him go into the, to play for, uh, in the KHL for Russia. And, and, you know, all the fans were like, please sign him, you know, get him back on the roster make sure we don't lose him. And then I guess Olivier is just showing them something that Trennan's not, or, or like you said, maybe they're just riding the hot hand, but I'm, I'm impressed with Olivier as well. I like how he um, just goes in there. And like you said, is just a bull in the China shop and just, you know, lays hits on people and he's playing really well. And, that's what we. That's what we need. You don't see.
0: You don't see him out there making making any critical mistakes. Like that's the big mm-hmm. thing. Like mm-hmm. you. You don't see. You don't see them out there costing the team. Because, uh, re- let's be honest, uh, those new players on that fourth line. Whenever you see a new player you're not used to seeing on that fourth line, they're under a spotlight. Fair enough. Fair or not, they're under a spotlight. Mm-hmm. And so, as soon as they make a critical mistake, everyone's always quick to jump on them. Like, oh, this guy found his way in the lineup, and look what he did. He gave up this odd man rush and left uh, Pecorino or UC Saros after that. You know, those players are under a lot of pressure, even though they're only playing, like, minimal amount of minutes. So, I think Olivier's definitely been a huge surprise for me, and I'm I'm glad to see him in the lineup. I love seeing new players out there. Uh, I'll, I'll wrap up my surprise player just with UC Soros. And it's not so much that I didn't know he already know that he was a good player or that I didn't have confidence in him, but I just, he's always been a slow starter as far as when he starts a season. And again, I'm going to go back to that pressure. This guy's facing a ton of pressure because his contracts up, he's getting ready. I mean, no one knows what his future's It future is, and if he comes out and just has a really, really awful season and and the organization doesn't have uh, confidence in him, it's going to make for a really weird offseason uh, next year uh, if, if the organization doesn't have confidence in him. The easy solution is he goes out and has a really good year. No, No matter what happens with the Predators as far as whether they make the playoffs or not, when we look back on the season – uh, let's hope that we don't look at Soros and think, well, it was because, uh, it's a direct correlation to Soros as to why we didn't make the playoffs or why we didn't you know, meet expectations. It was because of Soros. Uh, as long as he can have a really good year and we can feel like we can build a team around him, then you know, he'll get signed to a long-term deal and we'll be good. But there's a lot of pressure on him, and I think through his first two starts, he, he played very well. He played very impressive, especially that second game. And so I think he's got the weight lifted off his shoulders a little bit just by getting those two starts out of the way.
2: Yeah, and you especially want to see him come into his own over the next couple of years just because in four or five years, if he's still playing top-notch hockey, uh, he could be a great trade asset once Askarov is ready to go too. Um, And I I don't see him getting the the no-trade clause like Pekka got because Pekka – was playing out of his mind before he got that no trade clause. And that's the only one David Pulley's ever given away. So, you know, I think that, you know, a few years down the road, hopefully he's still with like that, but for right now we'll take it. Maybe it's not the, uh, the point in the season. Maybe it's the months. Maybe it's just not good in October and November, but uh, once we get to January, he's all right. Cause he has been playing really solid for us.
1: Mm-hmm. That's true. He has, he, he is under a lot of pressure. Like we talked about with Askarov and, you know, that's gotta be in the back of his mind. He wants to, to, uh, Have that long career probably like Pekka had, and you know, it's just it's all up to him. It's definitely it's just riding on his shoulders.
0: It's big skates to fill. And we see it in all we we see it in all sports. We see it a lot in football when a backup quarterback has to come up and replace a long term starting quarterback. I've always kind of it's an easy comparison to make like in hockey and football is the backup quarterback, starting quarterback, Mm -hmm. franchise quarterback. It's the same idea going on here with uh And, and, you know, Peck has always been a mentor to Soros. And so it's just – I don't want to say a surprise to be like a knock on Soros, like I don't have faith in him. But I'm just like – I'm very pleased to see how he's handled his first two starts. And I'm – my confidence has definitely risen in him that he can go out and play well tomorrow. And, uh, you know, if he can start off – if he can get a win tomorrow and play another great game, then you're going to start seeing people really start banging the drum to start Soros – you know, every chance they can, assuming it's not a back to back. I mean, that that's, you're going to start hearing that. So, and, and I'm okay with that because it's, you know, like, like, like we're all saying, Soros has to prove that he's ready to take on that lo- load. Even in a 56 game season, he's got to prove he's ready to take on that load. So, uh, any other uh, surprise players you guys got before we move on to the next segment?
1: Well, I really liked, um, in the second game against Columbus seeing Richardson get a score that was awesome. Yeah. That was really good. Showed some they showed some really good depth scoring like that whole you know um in that third period was just that's the kind of hockey Richardson. that we want to see. Richardson's another blue collar guy
0: that you know mm-hmm. is just out there doing the doing the dirty work. Again, he's on that fourth line that we're talking about that's really important when it comes to not being a liability, not making those critical mistakes that burns your team and you know one thing about the Preds is you know we'll, we'll have to see what happens with my when uh, Granlin gets in the lineup
2: mm-hmm. but as of
0: now it seems like this team it seems like this team has an identity through three games yeah. it, it seems do. like there's no there's no line blender going on here or line salad has uh Colin likes to say it, it's pretty set <laughs> now Grant now grandlin's move in and he has to be in the lineup you you can't not have him in the lineup. Nah, we all yeah, assume I mean, he's we mm-hmm. all we all assume he's going to be on the second line, uh, but sort of it'll be kind of uh, intriguing to see what Hines decides to do because you don't want to be shaking up these lines too much. Because through three games, even though they're two and one, they did take a loss tonight. They ap- what what they're doing appears to be working, so I don't want to shake it up too much. You know, like I don't want to like get crazy here, but you're going to have I- to a little bit just because of Granlin.
2: I agree, and I think that you look at the second line. Like, let's say that's theory, theoretically where he goes. Duchene and Kounen are, you know, Kunin have been playing well so far. So <laughs> I know, said I know, it. I know. He said it. He said <laughs> <Kunin>. <laughs> and Cunning have been playing well so far. You know, they've showed some chemistry. Hala, that's a question mark for me on that second line. Granny showed he can play with Duchene last year, so I think that you know, if we put those three together, then hopefully we got something figured out. and We got that second scoring line option. Uh, that can be really formidable, then it's like, okay, where do you put Holland? Do you put him on the third line or do you put him on the fourth line? Uh, for me, I kind of question Kirk on the fourth line. It's, I know it sounds weird, but when we were talking about Olivia, I'm like, if we want to see Trenton get a chance, I'm almost in the place where we put Yarn well, and you so, see Trenton get uh, a chance.
0: So, Colin, I, I actually wrote a Predline. You know, we're all uh, writers for Predlines.com for the fan-sided network as well, so go follow our work on there as well. I actually did an art. It did, it wasn't necessarily well received. I'll I'll be honest, but I did an article right before the season started, saying that basically I wouldn't be that upset if Yarn was on the ta- taxi squad and he's put on waivers, just because I'm yeah. sorry. I, th- I feel like he's re. I feel like he's reached his ceiling. It doesn't mean that his career has been a bust, or that I don't appreciate the things he's done, or that he doesn't have value on the power play. I think he has all those things. I think he's got some really big goals in his future if he, with, the, with the team this year. Not saying any of that, but, again, it goes back to you've only got so much space on your roster, and even um, with the taxi squad, even with the taxi squad, you still only got so much space, and you've got to start looking at these younger guys and seeing what they got. And I, I love Cal Yarncroft. He's done a lot of great things for this franchise. I'm sure someone would snatch him up if he did go on waivers. He That would be the end of his time with the Preds. I don't think he'd be on the taxi squad very long. But I did write about that going into the season that if there's one veteran that you've got to kind of let go and just make your peace with him, it's it, for me it's Cali Yarncroft. And again, that doesn't mean I don't have respect for him or anything like that. It's just sometimes you got to move on. And you got to realize the players reach their ceiling, and you got to see I, what else is out there.
2: Right. I totally, I totally agree with you, and I think that you know it's that's kind of where I put hollow is that fourth line potentially. I I just like, I like the utility of the third line with Rocco and and with, you know, cousins and Sissons, they're playing well. They they're doing a lot of different things. Well, and that's really what's impressed me. And so for me, it's almost like hollow jumps to that fourth line. And then like, you know, like I said, Yarnkirk probably goes to taxi squad goes on waivers and we'll see if someone else wants him. I kind of think back and this is, you know, getting way, way back, but I'm like, man, I kind of wish we would have kept a Pontus Aberg over a Yarnkirk, but that's just me. Oh
1: yeah. That's a good one.
2: Well, it was Hines, a good one. Heinz yeah. and
1: Poyle even told everybody, you know, in, in their interviews that don't be surprised if you see some of these guys who like a Yarncrock move down to the taxi squad and you know, shift people in and out. I mean, that's just gonna be the nature of it. You know, we've got these guys coming in who are playing good, like Cunning and Cousins, and you can't you can't, you can't, you're definitely not gonna move them around. So we you know, we gotta let those those other guys have their chance and you know, if you're not if you're not performing well, I'm not saying that Yarn isn't performing well or won't perform well, but you know, you just gotta you know, slot these other guys in.
2: And theoretically, you know, you could put him just as a healthy scratch and put Tran back on the taxi squad. So mm-hmm. you know, there's there's some options that they really want to keep him if they really don't want to exactly. see him going in labors. But you know, it's just I, I don't see it right now. I've not seen it yet. He's not been terrible. It's just not. He hasn't really shown me anything. I think I've seen a little bit more from Hollow than I have Yarn Croc. So that's kind of where I'm at. Well, it kind of seems like well, go ahead, go ahead, Chad.
0: Uh yeah, Rich, what I was going to say and I'm sure you guys agree with me is just so the thing about Yankrock is he is he's got a great shot, deadly shot. He's definitely a good player on the on the second power play unit. He's that's where he's used a lot. That's most of his value. He just does, he's not a well-rounded player like I'm like a, like a Luke Cunning is or like a Eric Hall is. He doesn't really bring you a lot on defense. He doesn't do a, he doesn't really do yeah. a lot of uh, the, the little things that you need in a fourth line player. And mm-hmm. that's why he, that's why you saw him move up the lineup so much last year when there were so many injuries and other things going on and La Violette was basically just shaking a ball and seeing how it all came out every day. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was like ping pong balls, and like let's see it how horrible. it's gonna roll out today. I mean, yeah. it was like, yeah. I mean, you want to talk? I mean, about he, get,
1: in all seriousness, him doing that, it probably hurt uh, those guys more than it helped. <laughs> I mean, it definitely. Well, was,
0: but and we're not gonna get on a long rant about La Violette because no, no. that can that can no. that could be a like that could be a whole episode about mm-hmm. Laviolette. Yeah. So okay, we're not so. Gonna, we're not gonna we're not gonna get was, into that because. We'll be here till four in the morning if we get into mm-hmm. la Violette and uh, last season.
2: I was gonna, I was gonna say if we go into last season, I could probably do a whole episode on watching is a the franchise. So oh yeah, let's yeah. let's
0: not do that. Let me let me, yeah. let, me uh, let me let me bring home my point about a Yarn real <laughs> quick. Uh, la- uh, last season, he even saw time on the first line, and I thought he played pretty well. Like I mean, he he's a very good player that can do certain things offensively that make you uh, love him. But he just he's not well rounded enough for me. I just feel like he's he's hit his ceiling. And so that's kind of where we're at with it. And so we'll just have to see when Granlin moves in how that shakes things up. But let's uh, let's move on. Let's let the dust settle on the first loss of the season. It's never easy. You always want your team to go undefeated, but it just doesn't happen, especially in hockey. And hockey, it's just a bad attrition. And the Preds uh, take their first uh, shot on the chin of the year. To the Carolina Hurricanes, but they play again tomorrow. Let's uh let's let's get a broad scope with NHL. It's very early. We're not even a full week into the season yet. Heck, the Dallas haven't even played a game yet. Yeah, and Florida. <laughs> so, Florida's uh,
1: only played one.
0: <laughs> yeah, Florida. Well, one. Well, oh, oh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. So it's one of those things where it's just a wild season. But uh Colin, give me like one or two teams that are just like for, be- for better or worse, it could be a team that's playing horribly because and you thought maybe they'd be better, or a team that's playing really well, or just a standout player. Just overall, when you're looking at the NHL, what has really stood out to you uh, in these yeah. early goings?
2: stood out to me was, especially that, for that night one, that opening night, seeing uh, the uh, Flyers and the Pens play, the Flyers just looked like they were on fire. I mean, they boat raced the mm-hmm. Pens. And then they lose to the Sabres. And I'm like, what? what is going yeah. on? <laughs> Yeah. it's just that's so that's one of those things i mean i think they'll figure it out i think they're still you know very much a contender i you know looking back at my rankings uh, for the uh the east division i had them way too low. i'll own up to that and well, we know, all got caught say, out
0: for
2: it we did we did we just and does really so i will say i'll give them credit where credit's due i like the flyers i think it's probably there's a gritty factor because i i love gritty he's my second favorite mascot behind nash <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> yeah awesome. he's pretty he awesome is.
2: He is, but yeah, they're my kind of my surprise uh, as far as just like that little bit of a how good they were, and then all of a sudden lose to to Buffalo. That that's just I think that's just kind of the nature of the early season. Uh, and then the next team is the Coyotes. They have been hanging in there. Um, you know they, they've won their one win and then one overtime loss, uh, unfortunately. But you know they they look pretty solid. Um, you know it's going to be tough to see things out of that West because I know Colorado's even slipped up a little bit. They've got a loss to their name granted they uh they took that loss and then they use that to exact incre- incredible revenge I- i'm gonna you know i don't think, we have to, I don't think we're think we subject to the uh, fcc but they put on an ass whooping <laughs> against the blues so you can that was nice to watch uh to see them bounce back i mean it's kind of a jackal and hide type of thing because they played the blues pretty close but then that next game when after that loss uh they just i mean they put it to them they they Took them to the woodshed, so um, you know the ABS. The yeah, that's why they're one of the favorites. But it's going to be interesting to see if they can be consistent uh, and see if the Coyotes might have a chance to kind of break out into the, uh, the west a little bit.
0: What about you, Rich?
2: So I would say probably
1: my biggest surprise was was Edmonton's only won one game. They mm-hmm. came out and they um, they won, and then then they've played horrible for the past you know the, the past two games or whatever. And then another one would be. Um, it's not really a surprise, but it was kind of enjoyable watching St. Louis uh, get destroyed <laughs> and watching Bennington get yanked. I mean, they're, they're yeah. just, that was a great, great, uh, great uh, thing to see. So that would probably be that one. And then, you know, I think I was surprised to see Boston was a struggling a little more than they should be. Um, you know, they still don't have knock in, but they they just don't seem to be – gelling quite yet i actually watched the game today and got to see watch a craig smith play a little bit and that was a little hard to watch but um overall you know i just expected a little more out of them so i don't know Mm -hmm. i guess that would be a little surprising to me to see them have their struggles but i think you know all the teams have their struggles except for maybe tampa bay (laughs) they seem to be still firing
0: yeah so, so, I mean, only a handful of games have been played. Most teams have only played two or three games. So, we're not going to like make any crazy conclusions right. here. But I will, but I will say that a big surprise to me has been uh, Pittsburgh. Like, I expected because they still have a lot of the same core veterans. So, you always expect them to be up there. But I mean, I, I realized they beat uh, the Capitals the other day in overtime, yesterday in overtime. But I just the way they're playing, I don't see them. I definitely they might not even make the top four in their division. Honestly, like I mean, I just don't see their defense is being torn to shreds. They have no identity when it comes to their goaltending. As Preds fans, we love love to see, but I'm pretty sure in my division predictions, I still had them uh, getting uh, being in the top four. Mm -hmm. So it's I'm happy to be wrong because I never want to see the Penguins win at anything. I don't even want to want to see them win in pregame pregame skate. Like I want to see them losing everything. Like, but <laughs> well, they're,
1: but they're uh, actually, at place, place they, right now in the division. <laughs> yeah. So they're, and then right. kind,
0: of, kind of to turn that around. Also, when it comes to Chicago, they are uh, going into tonight's games. Now they were the only team that is O and three in the entire league. So that's, that's really nice. It's really nice to see. Really nice to see. Uh, I mean, a feel for him. If it was any other team, you'd probably kind of feel for them because they've been ravaged by injuries. They're missing Kirby Doc, which is their young up-and-coming star. And you never want anyone to go through injuries. You know, you don't wish that. You're not going to be a, a trashy fan that hopes for injuries or anything like that. You hope Kirby Doc comes back uh, sooner rather than later. But I got to tell you, the Blackhawks, they look like they're in a world of hurt. And in turn, I think. Let's talk about the Red Wings real quick. Another team that we used to despise. We don't despise them as much because we don't play them as much, but I've actually liked what you know, they beat Carolina in one game. Surprisingly, they made a comeback win. And even in their losses, I mean, they've battled. They might have a little fight in them. I don't think they're going to make a playoff spot, but I think they can definitely make some upsets this year. So they've been kind of a surprise to me. I like their young talent. I think they can catch some teams by surprise. So – being a team, being a fan of the Predators, like watch out for them. Like if if you go into that game overlooking them, they're a team that can has some goal scores. Larkin's the big guy that they they lean on heavily. Uh, they're a young team. They're a, they're a hungry team. They just they're a few years away from really making a playoff run or anything like that. But they're a team that I think even in even in uh, their three uh, three games and two of them have been losses. They've been they've been kind of impressive in those games. They've they've played well and battled hard.
2: I will say I gotta I have one thing about Tampa Bay, um, just because going, kind of going back to Chicago. Chicago is Chicago. They're not doing well. So for me, like it's yeah, Tampa Bay is off to a hot start. But how hot is it? Because is, is Chicago really a good barometer for that? I mean, they're playing against the likes of Malcolm Suban and you know they're putting some easy ones in. It's it watching the play. It was not. Chicago did not look good. It was Tampa yeah. Bay looked good, but I think anybody almost you know looks good in comparison that's to some of the true. stuff that Chicago's rolling out. So it'll be interesting to see him play another opponent that's not you know not the lowest team in the division right now.
1: So here's a here's a surprise. I was just checking scores. We were talking about the Flyers earlier. Um, the Sabers beat the Flyers tonight. The score was uh, six to one. The Sabers had thirty-seven shots on goal, and the Flyers only had
2: twenty-two. So, yeah, that just blows my little, mind. That's, that's a little surprising to hear. Yeah. I mean, it's just its just the be, nature of things. Like, it's such a crazy season with it. this.
0: I think what we're going to see this season is a lot of uh, crazy swings. Like, you're going to see a team look really hot for two games, and then they're going to catch the wrong team at the wrong time, and they're going to get swept by that team. These yeah, two-game a- sets change. These two game sets change the whole dynamic of how this season's going to go compared to a normal 82 game season, where you you know your your schedule's spotty and you're and for the most part you don't play the same team twice in a row. Every now and then it happens, but uh, like for instance last year the Preds got that back to back against the Stars where they won right before the pause. But for the most part it doesn't happen. This season it happens the entire season and it's just gonna it's gonna make for some some crazy results. So Rich, what were you about to say?
1: Oh, I was just going to say, I was checking another one, it, <clears throat> another score. It's not really all that much of a surprise because the Canadians are, are really good, but they're beating the Oilers three to one. The Oilers just scored and there's uh, two minutes left in the game. So um, I haven't got a chance oh, to that, watch the Canadian games yet. I, I really like to yeah, watch them. Yeah, I haven't either. Like, I haven't
2: but either. But they're
1: looks like they're putting it on the Oilers right now and the Canadians are on the oh. power play right now. So. Yep.
2: The thing about the schedule, there's a lot of a lot of get right games. You can go down one and hopefully get it right the next time, or you can go down even more. So we'll see what happens. And, but yeah.
0: And tomorrow's tomorrow's a game for the Preds. Real quick, I'd share our poll that we uh put out for the Catfish and Ice podcast. Uh follow uh the podcast on Twitter at Catfish Ice. Uh we put a poll out uh, yesterday, so this was before uh the game against the hurricane. So this these results might be shifted. After tonight's game, hopefully fans aren't that over dramatic over one game. But our results were basically we just asked, How's your, conf- your confidence level increased at all after the first two games for the Preds uh, as far as them making the playoffs? Because there were a lot of fans out there that were like, We're not going to make the playoffs. We're going into rebuild mode. It's time, you know, we can kiss our playoff chances goodbye this year. We have a lot to figure out. A lot of fans felt that way. The sentiment was very, very low for this team going after coming out of the Stanley Cup qualifiers and all the changes that were coming. And so, uh, so we asked that, and 57% said slightly. And there was a tie for 22% with not at all and increased a lot. So you got that, that wide range of emotion of, oh, yeah, my confidence has really increased. Oh, and you've got that, those people that are like, nope, it hasn't increased at all. So, slightly it was 57% from our poll voters, which is what you would expect to see because you can't overreact too much to two games. And then after tonight, hopefully those same people that were slightly confident in their confidence level probably should feel the same way because you lost to a good team and you still battled hard. But I'm just interested to track that throughout the season, how fans feel with this new new-look Preds team as far as making the playoffs, because we're so used to making the playoffs in Nashville. I mean, it's kind of like, it's almost like a right to bear. Like we're going to make the playoffs at least, you know?
2: Mm Yeah. Missing the playoffs? Yeah. Well, especially this division, it's tough. I mean, there are some teams that we're close to. And so for me, like the reason I would say slightly is because we, like I said, we beat the Columbus Blue Jackets. That's kind of the team that everybody has been stacking us against. And so it's nice to be the one that is on top in that situation, but then you got the Panthers. And so, Mm -hmm. You don't know what they might do. They might have a good season, and they, like I said, they were on the cusp last year of having a really good run. So you just never know. But I do feel good. I think this is overall. I'd say we've improved. And you know, last year we were that close to making the playoffs. Obviously, it didn't work out for us, but we were close last year. I think we've taken already, you know, the next step or at least progressed since last year. We're playing some team hockey. It looks you know better. It's more fun to watch. So you know, I've got I got more confidence. Ask me in a couple of weeks, and we'll uh, we'll see where I'm at then. But <laughs> yeah, yeah it was, it's hard. It's hard with yeah, three games. Yeah,
1: so on, on that poll, I have voted for slightly as well. I'm, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic. I like what I see. They're playing really well. They're they're battling. They're fighting. They know what us as fans have been saying that they're soft. They were soft last year. I think they all know that, and they they want to turn it around. And they're 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 moving towards turning it around. And they're making a lot of good decisions. They've just got some things they need to button up, and I think they'll be fine down the road.
2: I, I like really, to think that hey, Ryan I was going to say I like to think that Ryan Ellis has my mean tweets pinned in his locker and he uses that for motivation. Hey Good.
0: uh hey uh, Rich just for, Rich just for your sake, I hope that uh uh Mark Borowiecki doesn't hear you call this team soft this year because
1: uh um, I, I would just I don't even know what I would do. No, they're not soft this year. They were last year. They're definitely not soft this year. You're gonna go, but it, well, let's let's say they start looking soft. Are you just gonna go
0: put Mark Borowiecki in that category where he can't be soft no matter what, just so you can I mean, protect yourself?
1: I don't know. I have seen the dude like videos of him putting on Instagram yeah. working out. He beats yeah, the crap out, out of a so, bag, so I don't
0: so the catfish and ice podcast is officially gonna be everything's gonna be positive about Mark Borowiecki
2: <laughs> no yeah, matter no what. Matter- I'm pretty sure that dude wouldn't even be soft if he was on the IR. He'd still probably punch someone with a broken <laughs> arm. Yeah. yeah
0: so we're, we're nothing but good things to say about Mark Barwieski because we want to be on his good side.
2: Let's put it <laughs> well, and,
1: that way. And, and Benning too, though. I mean, he, yeah. too. I mean, he gets out there and does the, you know, he's pretty much, they're a good compliment to each other. I'll say that. And Benning is taking some shots. He took a shot in the game against Columbus right in the wrist mm-hmm. and he dropped the stick did. and he, he stuck with it. And that's, that's what we want to see. And that's, that's, you know, that's, that's probably my my favorite thing to see is watch those guys battle.
2: Benning, Brovieski and then uh, Olivier. That's the Bash Brothers squad right there yes, for us.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. We, we got to make some, uh, we got to make some shirts on that Colin Bash Brothers. Uh, I, I love that term you used in the last episode. Bash Brothers is a perfect way to describe that unit and uh, those guys. And that's what we were calling for all off season. And, Poyle went. Uh, David Poyle went out and did that, so we're just waiting to see those results now. But they look good, even though we had a loss tonight. It looked good. So now we're going to switch gears. Uh, in, epi- in episode 10, I-, I ran a solo episode in episode 10, if you want to go back and listen to it. And I listed my top three NHL venues I want to go to as a fan. I had this little bucket list that I spent just a few years ago, just a couple years ago, where I want to basically mark off every arena at some point, I want to get them all knocked out, which is going to be hard to do. But that's why you make a bucket list. It's fun to do. You hope you can finish it. And so I listed my top three. And just as a refresher, if you didn't get to listen or if you forgot, I listed in no particular order. I listed, uh, I listed Montreal as my Canadian team I want to really go to see. As all out of all the Canadian teams, see, uh, a game in Montreal and see that passionate fan base. Uh, I will definitely want to go to Detroit and see. Uh, Hockey City USA, go to the Motor City, see those passionate fans. Uh, because even though the team that team has been bad for a while, uh, I know how passionate those fans are, and I think it would be a fun atmosphere to be there to mark off. And then I also listed the Chicago Blackhawk. And I also mentioned that I would probably live to regret that because that <laughs> fan base would probably that fan base would probably not like my Preds gear at all.
2: But Dude, that's have- what makes it fun. I was going to tell you, I got booed in a Chicago airport just wearing a Pred sweatshirt. So, and that's happened <laughs> wow. twice. Twice. So, yeah. In the airport.
0: Yeah. In the airport.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. But no that's part Blossom. of the fun of it.
0: That's part of the <laughs> yeah. fun. That's kind of the. That's kind of the fun of this exercise, and that's kind of the fun of. For me, that's the joy I get in being an imposing fan. Is as long as you're not an asshole about it, and you're not like, you know, like no one likes the people who take it too serious, and they just get like. But like it's it's fun to go into an opposing arena wearing your gear and cheering for your team as long as you're not, you know, being a jerk about it, but still having fun. I think that's the fun of it. So going to a game in Chicago for me would would be the peak of that as a Preds fan, because I'm sure I'd get a lot of really bad looks
2: mm-hmm. and all that
0: stuff. But I think it'd be fun. So, uh, who wants to st- – uh, Rich, you want to start it off? Just get, uh, give, like, a couple of your arenas that you'd like to go to. As sure, a yeah. So,
1: so I've been to, obviously, to Bridgestone. And then the only other uh, arena I've been to, I went – I had the opportunity to go with my brother. He lives in Virginia. And we went to watch a Capitals game. And he had a hookup with someone he worked with. And we were uh, five rows from a glass. So, it was really exciting. And, like, my brother's not really into that sports that much. And like they were playing the devils, capitals, devils, and I was like, You're in for a treat. The capitals are gonna destroy them. Ovechkin is the man. It's it's gonna be awesome to watch him play. The devils beat him like five to two. Ovechkin didn't even oh, wow. have he had no goals, nothing that night. They were it was horrible. And I was just like so disappointed. I just wanted to watch him just dominate and you know, show show my brother like that would have. Yeah, I was totally just talking them up, and it just didn't happen.
0: That would have been cool to say you saw a Vetch can score a goal in person. That would, would be have been cool. Would, thing to...
1: even, even though they lost, it was it was a lot of fun because we were so close to the glass. I mean, like, P.K. Subban was like 10 feet away. I mean, it was, it was awesome to see him. But as far as my bucket list, I, at first I was thinking about it, and I thought it would be kind of cool to see all the original six teams play. Um, I've been in the United Center, not for a hockey game, but – and it's it's a really nice arena, and it'd be cool to see all those guys. But I think I'd really like to go to a, up to uh, Toronto and watch a game against the Maple Leafs just to feel that, that's a good one. that hockey history and, and all that. I mean, I know they don't play in the arena they played in back then, but it'd just be cool to, to see one of those teams that's been around forever to, to watch those guys. Mm. Colin, what about
0: you, man?
2: Yeah, I would say uh, my first one would be uh, the the Garden TD Garden for the Bruins. Uh, I just love Boston in general. I, I would love to get a, a big keeping bowl of lobster mac and cheese for go watch the game, uh, watch <laughs> nice. down with a good beer. yeah, watch it down with a good beer, uh, and just hang out in Boston uh, and see that team play. And obviously, they're doing well right now. So you know that's another you know plus two and Smitty. I Smithy's always gonna have a place in my heart. So I want to see him do well, even if he's not with us anymore. It'd be nice to see him play well. Yeah. Uh, and then my next one, I'm I'm actually from Arizona, so Hill River uh, Arena in Arizona, in Glendale, just because it's kind of fun to you know think about a hockey, you know, a hockey arena right in the middle of the desert. So that's a that's a good one. Uh, and then my last one is uh, Rogers Place in Edmonton, mm-hmm. just because that place looks like a, a starship just landed in Canada. It looks pretty pretty badass. <laughs> so definitely yeah. want to go see that one.
0: Those are those are all good ones that I would definitely like to see. As well, uh, one more I'm going to throw out, and I hear it's very similar to the Preds' atmosphere, and that's uh, Tampa Bay.
1: Mm.
0: I hear that I hear that they have really embraced the whole, you know, Southern hockey thing, and you can tell when you're watching games. And a lot of that has to do with how good they are. You know, if you're if you're a good team like the Tampa Bay Lightning are, you're going to get the fans. But that I've heard, I, you know, I've got some friends who are from Tampa, and they they can't say enough how similar. Two atmospheres are uh, Bridgestone Arena and uh, Tampa Bay Lightning game. So that would be—it's uh, escaping me what their arena is called, but I think that would be another cool one. They don't have the history the other ones we're talking about. And for me, I would want to go to the places that have the history first, mm-hmm. that have that uh, that nuance and have that 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 old school fan base, generation upon generation upon generation of fans. And just seeing the, the tradition and all that stuff. I think that's that ranks first for me. But like I said, I hear a game in Tampa is a lot of fun. It's very similar to a game go- at Bridgestone Arena. So
2: I think it's a little way, fan base in general. When, yeah. when you look at like the uh, the, the Rays, uh, Tampa Bay Rays, even like UCF, uh, you know, the Tampa Bay just in general seems like they got a lot of little fans all throughout that city. So I can definitely see that and agree.
0: Awesome. All right. So that's going to do it for episode 11 of the catch podcast Podcast work real quick. One more time. I want to bring up DraftKings. Uh, we got the big fight coming up for UFC. Conor McGregor's making his return and DraftKings Sportsbook has, we have a promo code going for all of our listeners. Uh, sign up for DraftKings uh, Sportsbook app and type in promo code THPN. We're going to add the logo here so you can see it for all of our viewers. You see it right there. Use promo code THPN for DraftKings. You can turn a $1 bet into $257 if Conor McGregor knockout in the first round this weekend. I know there's a lot of hockey fans that are also uh, UFC fans as well. Please do not ask me to give you any in-depth uh, UFC <laughs> knowledge because I will fail. I haven't watched UFC in a a while, but I will say I do know who Conor McGregor is, so I guess I get some points for that. I know he's a crazy dude. But anyway, DraftKings.com definitely download their sports book because it's pretty fun and you can bet on all the sports. It's legal in Tennessee, it's legal in a lot of states now. And so uh, uh, basically, you're using that promo code THPN for our listeners and you can turn an easy $1 bet into a big win and you can have some fun out there uh betting on some sports if that's what you're into if not you can just sit back in your chair and just enjoy sports that way as well but there's a lot of sports bettors out there and draftkings.com is where you want to go for that so download the app and use that promo code thpn until next time episode 12 will be coming to you later this week Thanks for listening. I'm Chad joined by Rich Howe and Colin Lewin. This has been episode 11 of the Catfish Nice Podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Stay forever fun, and we will see you very soon.